Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for an amazing, uh, amazing week, Lord. Uh, thank you for uh, keeping our eyes on you, Lord. And, and I pray, Lord, that you would help us do so as well. And as we talk, Lord, that everything that we speak, Lord, would not be for our good, but for your good, Lord. And, and uh, we know that you're such a great, great father, Lord. So, Lord, in your name, would as we speak, Lord, would it just touch the hearts of those who are lost, Lord, and, and of those who are dealing with this problem as well, Lord. So thank you for everything that you've done. In the name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, welcome back to the second episode of Hallway Theology. Uh, really quick before we get into this topic for tonight, I wanted to just say thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart for all of you who have listened to our pilot episode and have shown support there. Um, we will be posting uh, this episode uh, shortly after recording. So thank you again just so, so much for uh, for listening in, for your support, and we pray that we can continue to do this and that more and more people would be uh, listening and more and more people would be reached. So, Amen. Uh, yeah, but tonight we've got a pretty fun topic for you guys. The episode that this one will be titled is called Conviction in a Convictionless World. And so today we're going to talk, as the title suggests, about conviction, and also we're going to touch a little bit on legalism. Uh, in the Christian faith as well. Um, but to start with, I wanted to kind of define what conviction was and differentiate it from condemnation because I know some people get that mixed up. I, I used to do the same, you know, when I was a younger Christian, I used to think that me being condemned by either people or myself or even by the enemy, I used to think that was a holy conviction. And I was like, oh, yeah, totally. The Lord is, like, showing me, like, I'm totally trash. Like, I'm not even all that good, you know, which, I mean, in some senses it's the truth, but there's a difference between condemnation and uh, uh, conviction. Forgive me, I lost the word there. And this is the difference, is that condemnation is going to tell you all the things that God never will. So in that essence... If you're hearing the voice of condemnation, it's going to sound a lot like this. And I found personally that it sounds a lot like my own. I don't know, Josh, do you have any experience with that? Yeah, I, I think for me, the way I kind of, um, for me, whenever I hear a new word, I just think of, okay, you know, what does that word sound like? So, you know, a, a conviction is, you know, you're being convicted and, and a condemnation is, you know, to me is like you're being condemned. And so... That's something that, you know, has really helped me out. Yeah. And that's actually a really, really good way of defining it is that condemnation, you know, condemnation is basically when rather than it being a correction, it is immediately beating you down over the head with something you've done wrong. Yeah. So let's say that, you know, for instance, you just told a lie to your parents, you know, let's say you're in high school or whatever, and you want to go to a party and you know, there's going to be drinking drugs, sex, all that other, you know, stuff that we think is fun. Yeah. And that the enemy certainly wants us to lead, uh, to lead us into, but our good Christian parents are the ones that are out there in front of the door saying, no, there's no way you're going out tonight. You got to get your homework done, you know, but you lie to them and you say, Oh, I already finished my homework. Well, later on, you might not feel all that convicted about it until, Later on, you realize you really should have done that homework. And now you're feeling more condemned than anything because you're like, I'm so stupid. I should have done the homework. Man, I'm never going to make it through high school. I'm never going to graduate. Mm, I'm a complete yeah. failure. That is the voice of condemnation. 
Condemnation is basically telling you you're never going to be enough and you will always be a failure. And kind of Um, just branching on what you're saying, if if we use the same, the same uh, imagery that you talked about is, you know, that's, that's also a work of the devil too. It's such a bad, it's, it's, it's a terrible work that the devil does to us each and to every single one of us. Yeah. and, And that is very, very true. That is actually a really good point to make is, that is absolutely a tool of the enemy. The enemy is going to tell you lies. And one of his greatest lies he uses through condemnation by telling you, again, that you're not enough, that you're always going to be a failure, that God hates you, he'll never, ever forgive you, and that no one could ever love you for who you are because of what you've done. Think of it this way. On the flip side, conviction is what tells you you have done something wrong and you need to make it right. So that's what the Holy Spirit does for us believers. He comes alongside us. And again, like think about the illustration that I gave with the high schooler running out for the, uh, for the party instead of doing his homework. He realizes I've done something wrong and conviction will tell him I need to tell my parents that I lied and come clean. And so that's what, con- that's what conviction is. Conviction is an admittance of sin and bringing it out into the light for both God and man to forgive, you know? And so think of it like this condemnation seeks to hide you in the shadows and in the dark with your sin conviction seeks to free you of the chains of sin and guilt and shame by bringing it into the light. Yeah. You know, and there is a difference between worldly conviction and and uh, godly conviction, I also will say, because, uh, man, Josh, maybe you remember this verse, maybe more than I do right now. But uh, there's a verse that talks about earthly uh, mourning uh, or earthly sorrow versus heavenly sorrow. Do you, uh, do you happen to remember that one? I don't. Oh, I can man. look it up. It'll it'll. Yeah, I believe it's uh, in like Second Corinthians talking about how earthly repentance only you know, leads uh, to one thing, but uh, heavenly conviction leads to another. Um, oh, but... oh, oh, you gosh. remember? Yeah, I'm trying to remember it. Where yeah, was it? I'm sorry. Where did you think it was? I believe it was a uh, second Corinthians 10. I can help fact check on that, on that. Um, There's second Corinthians seven ten. Let me pop it up on my Bible. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Is, is that yeah. the one you were talking about? Absolutely. That was exactly what I was thinking of. And that is also the, and that I would say is a perfect example of what earthly conviction versus godly conviction looks like, you know, and conviction has another use that I'll touch on with you here in just a second, Josh. Um, but earthly conviction will always say like, oh yeah, that was pretty bad. You know, I really should come clean about it, mm-hmm. but it never transpires more than just ripping right. that bandaid off or putting off, you know, telling that person what you did or admitting that you have a problem and you need to fix it. Yeah, you know, I think it's like what you said, admitting you have a problem and, and trying to fix it. And so I totally agree on that. And, you know, that's what. I had a coworker who, you know, is living the gay lifestyle and, and claims to be a believer. 
And I was like, well, if all sin is the same, you know, what's the difference between him and I? And, you know, looking it up on Second Corinthians 7, that that thing of scripture is what um, really, really helped me out specifically. Yeah, and that's that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with uh, with me, Josh, and with the listeners. Um, but that is an excellent point: is that there is a real difference, you know. And I'll even share part of my own testimony. But like, you know, when I was living in sin and I was wanting to be, you know, how I was wanting to, and just choosing to run every which way, you know, I was honestly I was chasing after after girls, and I was trying to find anything in the world that wouldn't make me feel better because I didn't think I was all that great. And I listened to the wrong voices all the time, you know, and I, you know, was digging holes thinking that they were wells, but they were just cracked and broken cisterns. Like we see in Jeremiah, Um, you know, but again, you know, that verse has touched my heart as well is that there's a difference between when God convicts me of something. And when my little brother just says, dude, you'll have the toilet seat up. Yeah. You know, no, there's, there's a, a huge difference. difference, you know, and that difference also makes its way into the choices that we make and into our morality. Mm. Because the truth of the matter is, is that not everyone is going to agree on what is right and what is wrong. You know, if we all did, then I'm going to be honest, and this is not me trying to call out shots and this is not me trying to be judgmental. But the truth is, if we all as Christians believe the exact same thing then we wouldn't have as many denominations as we do. That's just the earnest truth is that we see it repeated throughout history is that there's a disagreement about something or there's a doctrine that doesn't line up with someone's thinking. And so what do they do? There's a split and a new church is formed. And eventually in that church, somebody disagrees with what happens there. And then there's another split and another and another. And these days we're seeing literal. Funny you talked about that. It's funny you talked about that because I mean, uh, taking that church history class is something that really talks about that. You know, it, it's just like what you said. We said the Catholic church and then the Lutheran church broke off from that. And then, and then other churches broke off from that. So yeah, it, it, it's, I totally agree with you that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's not to call out shots and that's not to say, you know, that it's wrong to have an opinion. You're completely entitled. And I hope everyone understands that is listening that you are completely free to have an opinion. You're completely right. free for that. You were given free will by God. You know, that's at least the stance that we take here on this podcast is that every human was given free will by God to freely choose him and to freely love him and to freely conduct their lives as they have been given them. Now, what we do with that is a different story. Right. And that's where conviction comes into play. And so I've had people, you know, personally, like if we're going to touch on this kind of briefly, because I want to get into legality here in a minute, but you know, if we were going to go as fo- so far as to say, well, okay, well, how do you define what's right and wrong for you then? You know, what, you know, what really floats your boat and what really sinks it? You know, and that is a question that every Christian at some point in their walk needs to ask themselves and needs to determine for themselves because no one can make up your morality for you. No one can make up your character for you. And no one is going to just pick which hill you're going to die on and which cross you're going to carry. You know, right. and so when it comes down to certain topics, you need to research them and you need to understand them. And so like for me, when it comes to like drugs, like think of alcohol and this is just my personal saying, I actually want to get your, your side on this too, Josh, because maybe we'll actually have different opinions here and this would be interesting to hear. Sure. But so far as like drugs and alcohol goes, when it comes to drugs, 
I'm opposed to drugs. You know, when it comes to like a doctor, I will, I will go to the doctor because in my mind, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt. You know, if I am in pain, I'm going to go and take medicine. If I need something, I'm going to go get it because it's there and it's been given, you know, to help someone out. It's not wrong of me to go and take that medicine in my mind. And I want to state this clearly. This is my opinion. This is not the absolute stamp and cornerstone that everybody must agree with. You know, but this is just my conviction that I have determined over the years as I've grown as a Christian is that I see nothing wrong with going to the doctor while still praying that God would heal me. Yeah, I totally agree. And then when it comes to more hardcore drugs, like if we're talking, you know, marijuana and other things like that, you know, personally, I'm going to stay away from them. I'm not going to smoke. You know, I'm not going to shoot up heroin. I'm not going to snort a line of cocaine. Like that's just not me because I don't think that that is honoring God because I'm told to be sober minded and vigilant. Yep. Yep. And I'm told not to be, you know, while this is a different context and because it's talking about alcohol, it's talking about wine, it's talking about not being filled with wine, but being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I believe we find that in Romans, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I'll find the uh, passage here in a minute. But when it comes to alcohol, I'm okay with a sip or two of alcohol. Like that doesn't bother me. You know, my little brother's high school graduation uh, just happened yesterday and we had several family members over who, who were plenty over the age of 21 and I had a drink of alcohol because I am over the age of 21. And so I took a drink of alcohol and for me, that doesn't hurt my conscience for me. That doesn't harm my morality or my character as a Christian. And I'm, I feel that I'm okay to make that decision, you know? And so that is the hill that I am okay with and what I'm not okay with when it comes to that. You know, Josh, what do you think about that? What is your stance? Well, I'm completely against. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, to- <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. I, I, there's two scriptures that come to my mind is don't be drunk of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. And then the, the other scripture that comes into my mind is your body is a temple of the Holy spirit. And so, you know, going on to the basis of alcohol, I totally agree with you. I, I, I believe Jesus would agree with us as well. For goodness sakes, he made the, the best wine. Yeah. Jesus he made the made best wine. wine. His very he himself, first miracle. He even was like, oh, I'm not going to take a sip of wine until you guys come up here and enjoy it with me. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I don't I don't see any issue with alcohol unless unless you're, you know, you get drunk with it. Um, it's the same. It's It's the same with. Well, I should I shouldn't say it's the same, but I, I agree with you on on marijuana as well. Um, yeah, I, I agree that you shouldn't get high because you're not in the right mind. You are not in the right mind one bit. Um, now, if you're taking it for if you're taking it for medical reasons, if you're in a, a serious amount of pain, then okay, I can understand that. But I, I just I don't see it as what's that word? I'm, I'm trying to to word it but it, basically i i totally agree with you you should be uh, you should be yeah. in, in a in a sane mind you shouldn't be in a um yeah a delirious state a delirious yeah and i i think the word you might be thinking of is uh i don't know if you find marijuana permissible yeah um and i and again i agree even with what you were saying about medically like yeah there are some drugs that people need medically like I 110% agree with cancer patients taking the THC oil so Mm -hmm. they can eat and not starve to death while they're on chemotherapy. That is completely okay. 
I don't think that's wrong because it's helping the person stay alive. They're fighting for their lives. And in that regard, if it helps them stay alive, awesome. Ultimately, their lives are in God's hands, yes. But there's nothing wrong with them trying. Yeah. Right. And so when it comes to that, that's fine. You know, and we can argue all the live long day about all these different opinions like, oh, you know, should you know you have sex before you get married? Personally, no, I don't think so. You know, and um, do I live up to that standard? Honestly, no, I did not. I made mistakes in my past and I you know, I lived up to them, you know, and I made that mistake, you know, and, you know, I'm not proud of it, but it's what happened. And going even further from that is like, you know, do, am I okay with swearing? No, I'm not. I don't like to swear. Do I admit that I do? Yeah. But I disagree with the fact that, you know, that I swear, but I'm not going to go out and start pointing fingers at people and being like, oh, you guys are dropping, you know, all sorts of right. bombs all over the place and, you know, are all foul mouthed. I think that's one thing too. I've, I've noticed that is I'm, I've noticed people who are believers and when there's a new believer who accidentally cusses, I've noticed that there are some believers who freak out and, and, you know, I just, I don't see that. I think, I think we all need to come to them and, and to love and, you know, as believers, you know, I always say this is, you know, at CCBC is when I'm hanging out with my friends, we we have a good time and that's because we know that we're all sinners and that we're saved by grace. Exactly. You know? And so bringing that up, I think that's something that, you know, we just need to constantly remind ourselves is, you know, we're all still sinners, but we can still, you know, have a, a good time and, and have that fellowship. And if someone accidentally cusses, you know, there's, there's no need to freak out because I'm not good either. Yeah. And that's a really good way to kind of tie this up. And I will, I'll read this verse right before we get into towards legality, because this is a really good segue for getting into legalism as Christians. Um, but the verse I really want to read from touching on, you know, conviction and about what, you know, what you think might be okay as a Christian, what might not be okay for, you know, yourself, you know, should kind of be term- determined like this. And I'm reading out of uh, the ESV, uh, it's Matthew 15 verses 17 through 20. It says this, do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. And the context is he was talking about supper and how his and how Jesus's disciples did not wash their hands before they ate with one another, because in that culture, you always washed your hands before the meal. And if I'm not mistaken, you even washed your hands at some points during the meal, because the essence was if you're eating with someone, because you are all touching the same bread and eating of the same uh, of the same foods you are in essence becoming one with those people that you eat with, Mm. you know, which is why it was such a big deal that Jesus would eat and drink with, you know, these uh, prostitutes and with these tax collectors because he's, because he's supposed to be a teacher in the eyes of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And he's, those who they consider to be the bottom of the barrel when the truth of the matter is this for those who are already holy he came for those who were lost 
and who needed him. And after he did that, he ascended into heaven and he gave us his spirit. And that spirit will lead us in our convictions and it will lead us to the ends in which we think are okay or not. And so for somebody to agree to agree with you about a conviction that you have, or even for you guys to agree with the convictions that me and Josh have, that's completely okay. But if you disagree, that's also completely okay. Because nowhere in the word nowhere in the word does it say I have to completely agree with everything that someone else says. That's okay to disagree. There's nothing wrong with that. Having opinions is part of it. And this is where it leads into legalism is not enforcing that opinion upon others and saying that has to be the standard. Kind of going on real quick, branching on what you said, Mark uh, 2.17, when Jesus heard of it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a, of a physician, but those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Absolutely. Thank you for getting that reference for me. That's perfect. Um, but yeah, like that in and of itself wraps up conviction. That tells you exactly what happened is that it totally does. You know, again, it's not about what comes into your body that defiles you. You know, and in a lot of arguments, you can make different arguments for whatever you'd like. And I may agree or disagree, but that is completely your conviction and mine as well. Because ultimately, what I define to be okay for me may not be okay for someone else. And again, this is where I want to tie it into legalism is not allowing it to be something that marks everybody and saying, oh, yeah, I don't think you should smoke weed. Therefore, I think all Christians shouldn't smoke weed. You know, and if I ever meet a Christian that ever smokes weed, I should condemn them and berate them for being such an awful person. That is that is what legalism kind of looks like in yeah. a gross oversimplification, which may be a little wrong to say. But the truth is, is that there are Christians out there that are like that. And I'm not yeah. pointing fingers at people you know, in any sort of regard. If you are listening and you think that might be you, I would urge you honestly just to ask, ask the Holy Spirit and to pray for the Lord to show you your heart and your character. You know, pray as David did in the Psalms and ask, Search my heart and know me, O oh God. You know, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out any way in me that uh, that offends you and lead me along the way everlasting. But the truth of the matter is, is that there are plenty of Christians out there, and I, you know, even my, me myself, I can get lost in this sometimes when I think that something should be very black and white. When in reality, they're gray. Mm-hmm. You know, but legalism is a big issue in the church. You know, I, I have a good friend of mine. He's currently not walking with the Lord. Uh, but I know that he wants to go to church. He does want to at least see what Christianity is about and what God really is like. But his biggest obstacle is getting past the people and the Christians mm-hmm. that go to these churches because there are a lot of them. And I say this honestly with kind of a broken heart because this is sad to hear. But he says, honestly, they're really condemning and mean people and i understand and in his own words he says i know that may be a main a minority like maybe that's even just 10 you know 10 or 20 percent of the christian population that's like that but that 10 or 20 percent speaks very very loudly when the other 80 to you know 80 to 90 percent of christians don't say anything at all when they speak and the truth of the matter is is that legalism in the church and among Christians is killing new believers mm-hmm. and is killing those who want to become Christians who want to put their faith in Christ. And yeah, 
the truth of the matter is, is that we as a church have to band together to stop it because even Jesus in the verse, you know, the verses that we just read that Josh just read from in Mark is that Jesus did not come for the righteous. You know, again, as uh, if you look at the parables in uh, Luke, I believe it's in uh, Luke 15 uh, where it's talking about how, the one shepherd goes out to find his one sheep amongst the, you know, where he has 99 others because he loves the, all of them. He loves all 100 equally, but that one lost one matters because the other a hundred, the other 99, excuse me, have never went astray. They've never wandered from him. They've stood by his side. They know his name and they know his voice and respond to it. But the problem comes when those other 99 sheep try to kick out the one because it may have a spot or two or a blemish more than what they do. Mm. You know, and again, I don't want to sound too preachy about it and I don't want to sound like I'm just trying to hit people over the head with this. Um, But the earnest truth is, is that as believers, we need to band together instead of trying to divide each other apart. Yeah. And the verse that I do want to read to kind of, uh, back this all together, and this kind of even shows the individuality of the church, which is beautiful. Um, it comes from First Corinthians twelve, and it's, uh, verses twenty four through twenty seven, and it says this: "Which are uh, which our more presentable parts do not require, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together." If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And here the Apostle Paul is speaking about the importance of spiritual gifts and the importance of church roles uh, that those who have spiritual gifts, which everyone does, uh, for those of us who are believing Christians, we all have a spiritual gift that God has given us through his spirit and all play a different role. And that may be different. And that's exactly what Paul is touching on. He's saying there may be a difference, but they're all equally important. And one should not be preferred or rejected in place of another. Each has a role to play. Yeah. You know, each part is essential to the whole body of Christ. And, and even in the further verses back, uh, he's saying that, you know, one must not say, you know, uh, I, you know, it's a shame that I am an eye and not a foot. You know, or I, it's a shame that I am a foot, not a hand. And he's speaking of how, you know, some Christians wish they had different gifts than others and feel belittled because they don't have the same gift as everybody. Like some may, some may have the gift of worship. Some may have the gift of teaching. Some may have the gift of tongues and prophecy, you know, X, Y, or Z, you know, but the truth is, is that we're all together. And at the end of the day, we are all sinners saved by grace. That fact doesn't change whether you are here or you go to Cambodia. That fact remains the same is that if you're in a church, you're in a hospital for for sinners, not a country club for the righteous. That's the truth. Amen. Because all of us are sinners. Make no mistake. You are, if you believe in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has gone away and the new has come. That is absolutely true, 100% yes and amen. But make no mistake that there is still sin. 
because we still have our flesh. And because we still have that, we still need to rely more and more on Jesus every day. And when it comes to this, we need to be careful that we're not leaning so much into ourselves and not enough on Christ that we're allowing what we have seen in ourselves and our self-condemnation leak out and start attacking other people. Because I know for myself that I have done that before and I felt ashamed when I realized it. And I've had to make apologies to other people because I've realized that I did that. And over the years, I have gotten better. And I'm very, you know, very, very glad that the Lord has changed that in me. But the truth still remains is that legalism is a massive problem. You know, and I don't know. What do you think about that, Josh? Yeah, I think a a big reason on why it's a big problem is because we're, we're staying in our comfort zone. Yeah, we've been staying in our comfort zone so much. And I think, you know, that's a huge problem on on why there's a lot of legalism in in our church today. Yeah, that that is a really good point. You know, and there may be some churches that preach a little more tradition over other things. And whether that's true or not, the fact still remains is that we still need to remain steadfast on the gospel of, of Christ is that all are welcome. Mm-hmm. Again, of what Jesus said in the Gospels, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through Him. Yeah. And again, that we still need Christ at the end of the day. Just because you've been washed clean doesn't mean that you still need to keep coming back to the one who washed you. You need to keep coming, coming back and remembering the fact that you've been washed clean instead of wanting to run back into the mud. And while you're on your way there to go and see the one who has washed you clean, do not trip someone who is on their way to go and get washed up. Just because you see how filthy they are. Mm. Or how, how you perceive, I guess I should say, how dirty they are. Because I've noticed this, is that when you point a finger at somebody, you've got another four pointing straight back at you. And if we're all honest, there's a part of us in, you know, when we are being legalistic about something, there's a bit of hypocrisy in us because we see what that person has in terms of sin or in terms of a character flaw. And we see it in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I honestly think that's the problem is that people see it in themselves and rather than address it, they'll leak it out and throw that on somebody else. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what do you think about that one, Josh? agree i i totally agree with what you said yeah uh there there is a verse that i'm thinking of uh where it's talking about taking the plank out of your own eye oh yeah here it is it's in uh luke 6 i just uh i think i just found it one second i'm sorry it's taking a second because i have to scroll through here uh yeah here it is uh it's in luke 6 um, verses 41 through 42 and says this, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the whole log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye. When you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye, you hypocrite first take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck that is in your other brother's eye. The truth remains is that we need to be sure that we ourselves 
on not just judging people based off of what we have in front of us and what we have on our own plate and our own flaws, but rather that we look at people with the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, and kind of to wrap this whole thing up is that, again, we need to be sure that as people, especially, and as Christians, especially in this culture and day and age today, that we are loving, that we're not condemning, that we're not legalistic. There are some things we cannot budge on. We cannot budge on the fact that Jesus is the Christ. We cannot budge on the fact that he died for us and that he is Lord overall. But we cannot be so legalistic as to say anybody who's ever smoked weed can't be a Christian. You know, anybody who has ever, you know, done a crime, a violent crime, can ever be forgiven for their sins by God. Because that's not true. They can be. Anybody can be forgiven. It's whether or not they choose to let Jesus into their hearts to be forgiven. And we yeah, as people uh, need to be sure that. Oh, please go ahead, please. I was going to say real quick, um, you know, with these um, convictions is you're going to overcome. And I think we all have these different convictions is because the Lord can use that conviction that we overcame to help other people who are struggling with the same conviction. Um, yeah, I think that's something that is is really unique about our own personal convictions. Is it's it's an it's a ministry in and of itself. And on top of that, you know, looking back and seeing you know the Lord helping you with that conviction, it just reminds me of of Joshua four uh, seven. Um, then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And, and seeing the Lord helping you, I think, is, is, a, is such a unique tool in and of itself. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And I guess to summarize, the full answer would be for in terms of legality, since we've already covered conviction and condemnation. The final, the final thing to say about legalism is this, is that... Don't stand in front of the altar of Christ while other people are there just so you can trip them. Instead, point the way to the altar and help others Amen. get to it. Amen. Help, help other people get to their knees in, for, in front of Christ instead of kicking them down there. Because and it, might be out of, it might be out of your comfort zone, but it's just doing so much more with your walk with Jesus Christ. Exactly. And our end goal is to see hearts freed and souls made new. Amen. We are not here to put people back into old chains. We're here to see captives set free. Amen. To see strongholds broken. Yeah, and with that, let's go ahead and let's pray. Lord, uh, we just come before you and we're thankful for the, uh, for the time that we've had together. And Father, I pray that what we've spoken here... Uh, is earnest and is truthful. Uh, I pray that if there's anything of us that's in this, that it would be removed and that which is of you would remain. Uh, yeah, I pray that anything that's of our own characters, me or Josh, would just fall on deaf ears, Lord, but that which comes from your spirit would just ring true for people, that they would hear this and that they would agree or that they would at least learn something from it. And, you know, Lord, I pray that the convictions that we have in our own lives would be strengthened and even changed as we continue to grow and stride with your grace and with your spirit um and that we would just continue to 
understand how to live in your grace, Lord, that we understand that we don't have to be so confined and think that just because we live with you now means we have to be so confined and boxed in. But the truth is, Lord, when we live with you, we have more freedom than we ever have uh, had before. And Father, I just ask that we would just continue to dwell in you each and every day and just continue to seek your face and your heart and may your heart for the lost shape our own. And may we desire to see those who are lost be set free and brought home. So, Lord, we thank you again just for an amazing time. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hallway Theology. We hope to see you guys next week for the third episode. If you have any suggestions, please feel free to leave them on the Populi board uh, located on the Populi website. Or if those of you who know us personally, please message us or email us even. Uh, But other than that, we hope you guys have a fantastic evening. God bless.